Ooh, with the announcements. Um. Did we get like another article out recently? Uh, something like that? Yeah. I think we do have another article coming out soon. The articles I have written are like done, except uh, there's just one problem in the sense that they're on my computer, which is broken. So I will need to uh, transfer the files over to my wooden PC and then basically just some editing and they're ready to upload. <sighs> so yeah, that's a pain in the ass. All right. Nice. Yeah. So we also uh, we also got like uh, let's see here. Um, well, uh, season twenty one, episode thirteen, how to social engineer INFJs, which is behind me, has been filmed, and I believe it's actually releasing tonight uh, on early access, and will be publicly released tomorrow. How to social engineer INFJs. Uh, I was told recently uh, when someone reviewed this particular episode, they're like. You know, Chase, is it really just 45 minutes of you complaining about INFJs and then 15 minutes of social engineering? <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, oh, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I, I think there's a lot of uh, meaningful uh, information in there, uh, regardless of me, uh, you know, complaining about INFJs. But uh, I would like to, I, uh, to address the INFJ community about this particular episode. While I do admit that I am harder on INFJs more so than any other type, it's on purpose. A lot of people think that I'm hardest on ENFPs or... Hmm. You can't? Never mind. I can now. All right. I think it's the Discord server. Hello. We have someone from Korea with us. That's awesome. So uh, anyway, why am I so hard on INFJs? The reason why is, is because you guys are like super mega important, if not the most important and necessary for, uh, you know, staving off the doom of our race and uh, potentially right. saving us and breaking new ground, uh, INFJs. Uh, so I am, a, and I'm also your pedagogue, according to Socionics, because the ENTP is the pedagogue to the INFJ. So recognize that I am much harder on INFJs than other types but for a have... reason, and that's why. Wow, that was like loud and like, Sorry. kind of like, I mean, someone like take away that man's soundboard, right? <laughs> I didn't even think it's that loud, but I don't know why. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Make sure I had to open up the chat and yeah. Whatever. Yeah, never not, never not open up the chat, right? Uh, so, so anyway, um, so yeah, we have that episode coming out. So it's pretty. It's gonna be great. Uh, we're gonna have some Instagram uh, videos, tiny little videos uh, coming out here very soon as well, uh, and. I think for the most part, that's about it. Upcoming episodes, we have season 22, episode two, which is for email users only, which folks, if you haven't gotten to our email list, you should probably get on it right now, csjoseph.life. Um, and you can do the email at the top right-hand uh, corner of the page, and then uh, look for receiving season 22, episode one in your inbox. You can only see that through email. We don't give it out otherwise. And then we have season 17, episode three around the corner, the final episode of season 10, which is comparing the INPs. And then we will have season 14, the final episode of season 14 for Patreon Gold, which is the ENFP INFJ Golden Pair, which will also be coming out very soon. So those are the episodes that are due to come out uh, for the podcast and for Patreon. So just make yourselves aware of that. Um, 
but anyway, uh, let's talk about uh, let's uh, let's talk about like the format for tonight. Um, so basically, yeah. uh, go for it, Jab. What's the format? Well, the format is basically uh, you guys are going to send out donations as to who you want typed. The highest donation is going to get typed. So effectively, it's kind of like an auction, except if you bid an amount, you don't get your money back. Realistically, <laughs> realistically, if you're like the if uh, the person you've bid for is the second highest, we'll go to them next, provided that they don't get outbid, and um, we're realistically gonna try and get through any significant amount of money which is donated time like I, I think last time we did this we went for like an hour and a half because people kept donating like 15 to 20 dollars so we just yeah. have to keep typing, typing and typing yeah if that happens again i'm pretty sure we'll do it again i mean we're running on time so that looks so, good steve was some 20 dollars straight off the bat say again we just got a donation from mr isaac he wants steve wilson steve wilson who is Steve Wilson? Stephen Wilson. I have no idea. I'm gonna start looking. Mr. Mr. Yeah. Isaac, yeah, please. If you have any specific videos in mind, please provide them. Uh, so yeah, and English by the way, musician. an English musician. Fair enough. Um, we'll get down to it. All right, Steve Wilson interview. Steve I mean, Wilson. Let's just, let's just go full triple movement and jump right into it. Yep, let's go into it. Musician mode. Hello. Hi. Hello. Um, well, you were born in 67, so you were 18 in 1985. Yes. Um, I read there were three, four albums that inspired you for this, for this album. Oh, well, so many, responding. Many albums, yeah, there's, only, there's only four in the press release. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you'd listed them all, it would have been a okay. long press release, yeah. Yeah, I, but I wouldn't say responding off the first sentence in an interview. I know, I know. So is it true what's, what's yeah. stated in the press release? Pete, Pete, Pete Gabriel, Kate Bush, Dr. Arcadius, Fierce album? Certainly for, I mean, you know, when I was growing up, there was a tradition of the what I call a very uh, progressive or very sophisticated uh, pop record. And what I mean by that, you know, when I use the word pop, some, some people have a very sort of negative reaction to the word pop these days. For me, pop is the Beatles is pop. You know, that's the quintessential pop group. And okay, can I just say, looking at this guy, he kind of just looks like an INFJ. So that's my, yeah. my guess as a visual type. Fair enough. Um. <clears throat> I would say... So for me, pop is a very broad like, thing. So when I say pop, I, I mean, you know, it can be uh, anything from, you know, the Beatles to ABBA and everything in between. And for me, the something. 80s is particularly special because of this um, era when it was apparently possible to make uh, records which were simultaneously very accessible. Yeah, he's so it's like I'm catchy, catchy choruses. But at the same time, if you wanted to engage with them at a deeper level, you had great lyrics, great musicianship, great production, great arrangements, great ideas. And those four records are um, good examples of those kind of records. So, you know, to a lesser or greater degree, they had um, a direct influence. But I think what's more important is I see them as representative of this time. Seems very movement. Seems really TIFE. Seems direct. Very intelligent, very smart. I think I might have uh, been onto something with. Uh, might have, yeah. Pop music, and it seems to me that that is not something we have a lot of yeah. uh, in the twenty-first century. 
he said, well, those four elms, but there were many more, but let's focus on those four elms. There uh -huh. are three from 85. Okay. Uh, Pete, the, the Soul Elm, the Hounds of Love, and the Color of Spring. Okay. Color of Spring. Um, so that's why I... Yeah, he's, he's pretty okay. responding. I staying I in the... that the three of them were from 85. So I was thinking yeah. you were 18 years old. He's then staying what, within what, the context what, of the what question. What were you in music-wise? Did you, did you make music yourself? Did you listen to a lot of music? What the fuck? I certainly was beginning to make music. You know, I'd been making music on and off since I was like 11 or 12 years old, you know, but I think uh, I was beginning to take it seriously as a potential, uh, you know, career path. I think it was so taking it seriously, to me potential to career path. You know, path. because I'd grown That's up in a house I. where, mm -hmm. um, you know, my father was listening to, to say, you know, very yeah. serious conceptual rock albums like Tubular Bells and Dark Side of the Moon. And my mother, on the other hand, was listening to the great pop music of the 70s like ABBA and Carpenters and the Bee Gees and all this stuff so I grew up hearing both of these things and not really having any idea that, that there was even any difference you know to me it was just great music not really having any idea not being a difference it's a low TE very high TI you know tend to put around things and I still to this day find it very difficult to think in terms of music like that, yeah. uh, you know, in boards. It's not reducing the volume when I speak like it did on your other computer, by the way. I never understood that. So to me, the I think I got better sound settings now. I figured it out probably when I redid it on this computer. All right, fair enough. These records we're talking about were the perfect kind of synthesis of the pop sensibility that I that I liked and I enjoyed and the more kind of conceptual rock music, the, yeah. the more sophisticated. That was abstract. Like, Rock music that talking also about uh, the different kinds of music where they weave together in that regard. It's like he's considering the what if behind the structure of the music right. itself. It's very abstract. Right, right. Thing. So to me, it was very exciting and it was a kind of signpost of what was possible. I was thinking, well, what, what were you doing when you, when you were 18 and listening to yourself? Can you still recall hearing, let's say, the Peter Gabriel album for the first time, or maybe the Kate Bush or Talk Talk. Is it something that I can? That... I can. In the case of Talk Talk and, and Kate Bush, I can remember. I can. I can remember. That's remember direct. Being in the record store on the day those albums were released, buying. I can remember being in the record store on the day those albums released. That's an SE statement, SDNI. He's talking about the memory attached to the physical object of those albums. Right. <clears throat> and excitement that you used to get when you bought an album on release date. You know, it doesn't happen anymore because these days, uh, the idea of going to the record store on a day of release, is it doesn't have the same magic yep. that it did then because usually by the time the album's released, everyone's heard it anyway. And in those days, it was still a very exciting thing. And I think probably those would have been some of the first albums I would have bought on CD yep. as opposed to vinyl. Because I remember my father worked CD for Philips. Opposed, Philips that's a TI Philips. statement. And he's also talking about, you know, the kinds of, uh, you know, vinyl versus, you know, that's an SE statement as well. So SE and I still seeing it within that quadra. So he's definitely STP, so NFJ quadra. He seems direct responding movement. So he's, um, he's uh, yeah. an ISTP or an INFJ basically. So. Right, but he does seem more abstract, so I would definitely... Does, does seem more abstract. Need a little bit more evidence on the abstract. You got a different interview? Kind of mix it up a little bit. Yeah, okay. I've sacrificed family for music. I've made a decision. I'm not going to have a family. 
and that has meant I've been able to put a lot more. Oh my god, he's not wearing shoes in this interview. Typical <laughs> <laughs> move. Well, that was an affiliative statement. Uh, the fact that uh, he's talking about family. I've made a decision, so he's aspiring with his ESTP subconscious at the sacrifice of family. Uh, so right. he's taking an affiliative point of view for the sake of pragmatic. Interesting. Or into my music and my career. What I want to do, and I hero. Right. Right, my family would get in the way of... Having a family would get in the way of what I want, so therefore I'm going to cut it out. Yep. That's very N-I-S-E. Yep. And life is short, and you can't do everything. You can't do everything. You know, you have to make decisions. Stop. What the hell happened there? I'm still here. Uh, apologies, my Google Chrome closed for no apparent reason. All right. Does the best. I think we already typed Hunter S. Thompson, if I remember correctly. I've sacrificed family for music. Here we go. And the very process of making a decision is also a sacrifice. If you make a decision, I'm going to be a musician, you've sacrificed all of these other options that could have been available to you. And that happens every day of our lives. Every time we make a decision, we are effectively making compromises and sacrifices too. I'm very prolific. I make a lot of records. I make a lot of music. The reason is I have a lot of time to make music <laughs> because I don't have, I don't have a family and I don't have kids. So that in itself is a decision and in, in itself that has been a, Sacrifice. Right. You know, to not it's a TI rationalization. More, more affiliated. And that is FETI. Yeah, it's like an FETI rationalization of why he made the decision yep. for as the foundation of his NI, his want. Yeah. Right, I've seen enough. This guy's an INFJ. Wow. Nice on the nice going on the visual typing there, Jab. So there you have it, folks. Stephen Olsom is an INFJ. Right, uh, what's next? Up. What's next in the queue? I need to bring up your stream really quickly. Hopefully it doesn't burn your ears because I've muted it, I think. Uh, no, it didn't. Since we've already... Oh, okay, yeah, we'll do Jordan Belfort then. Thank you, uh, Josh Dup Reviews. What about Lloyd Evans? Is that the next one? We haven't done Lloyd Evans before. Yeah, Lloyd Evans is a $10 one, which came after Steve Wilson. Okay, let's do it. Second. So, what do you know about Lloyd Evans? Nothing. No, nothing. All right, Lloyd Evans interview leading Jehovah's Witness from door to fact. Mormon stories. Is this the guy? I have no idea. Is this the correct Lloyd Evans? Uh, he said, "AKA somebody else in the super chat." <laughs> An interview with Lloyd Evans. Here we go. Some information about what's going on. Today, I'm interviewing a fellow YouTuber and friend of mine, Lloyd Evans, who is a prominent activist against cults and religious tyranny, as he puts it. Religious tyranny. Amazing. Okay, so that's the interviewer talking. So that's the context of the video. I, so this is, I've just skipped somewhere in the video, and I think this is Lloyd Evans speaking right now. Too much throughout the organization's history they've been saying oh armageddon's just around the corner and when armageddon comes it will destroy 
you, me, sorry to... What they're saying, isn't like that a T-E statement? Yeah. It will basically it's a T-E or an S-E statement. Jehovah's Witness. Uh, and the Earth will then be populated by the survivors of Armageddon who will be Jehovah's Witnesses. And they will live um, initially for a thousand-year period. Then Satan's going to be let loose one more time to kind of filter out any, any ones that slip through the net who are evil. And then it will just be an eternity of, uh, of bliss on the earth. That's in a, in a nutshell what Jehovah's Witnesses believe. Yes. Uh, I, I'm, am I right in thinking that um, Seems pretty after having read the first me. chapter, mm-hmm. it's what they believe? Mm, I'm pretty sure that's TE because it didn't seem to be. Well, his interviewer to... said they believe. It's not what he's saying. Right. Of your book, you, you so had a, a short now. taste of, yeah. of Armageddon, didn't you, as a child? Am I right in thinking that? That's right, yeah. Um, in fact, you, you came very kindly to a Faith to Faithless event in, in London. Um, it was at the King's College. And uh, I, I related that story there, and, and it's also in my book, of how when I was a child, I, I had an experience that most Jehovah's Witnesses don't get to have, mm. and that's that I actually experienced what I had an experience, as I any great so, tribulation yeah. to start and the great tribulation is essentially the, the prelude to armageddon uh, or at least it was going on in my mind because uh, jehovah's witness families have what's called family worship so it's essentially like a, a group indoctrination session that's just for the family where the parents will you know um do uh, do more tailored instruction for their children and my father decided it would be hilarious and and important to bake a phone call with one of the elders in our local congregation. T-E-F-I. And the, the, I obviously was intended right. to listen in on the phone call. And the phone call went something like, okay, so the Great Tribulation started. The, the, the entire congregation is, is now on the run and we need to meet in Macclesfield <laughs> Forest where we're going to hide from Sounds the Sounds a little control-oriented. So I was once talking about ended, the Jehovah's Witness kind of system, panic. systematic. And he's also recalling a past experience. I think yeah, could be yeah, it is S-I-N-E, yes. Look on his face and, and he said, you know, you better go and pack your things. So I'm... And the interesting thing is, as he's recalling this past experience, this S-I-N-E experience, you can see that the intentions of other people are coming into this past experience he's talking about like right you see the the disgust he has for the intentions of his father for deceiving him into tricking him right the world, right he's only been speaking what wrong. is i'm gonna go with concrete so far because i haven't really seen much abstract he's talking about abstract concepts but he's not really talking about what if he's just more mostly saying this is what happened this is what happened this is what's happening mm-hmm. etc I mean, he is responding to an interviewer, so I wouldn't say he's concrete absolutely yet. I think we need to get a little bit further in the video. Sure, we'll see more. I ran upstairs, absolutely convinced that it was um, the Great Tribulation, that the Armageddon was upon me. Okay, that sounds good. That's a a TEFI statement, absolutely convinced. So I uh, grabbed the binoculars and the penknife and the torch and stuffed that into the rucksack, assuming this would be useful, and also grabbed... You know my Bible. Uh, I grabbed a Revelation climax book, which I'm super S I N E. Right in front of my bookshelf. This is the the Revelation climax book that was released in 1988. 
direct. He just initiated a new idea, talking about the Climax book, direct initiating control. I assumed it would be a useful guide to what was going on. And of course, only when I ran This guy's like a clone of Benji. <laughs> SI again. Yeah, like he's initiating, but because he's control, people just think he's introverted or something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'm Ben Shapiro. Outside, did I realize, you know, it was all a huge... I was talking about Benji Rackner, actually. Oh! Well, yeah. Same type, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But, um, it, there was, although it was, there was an, a comedic element, there was also a very serious element to it. I was, it was intended to show me that Armageddon could strike at any moment, and it was a lesson I never forgot. Yes. Yeah, look, that was one of the things that uh, really, really stuck with me. Is is something that, that yeah, I can be played concrete on again. Humorous, and, and you can look back on it um, and see see the funny side. But um, there is certainly an element of um, something quite unnerving about the thought uh, that there are people who who believe that there will literally be an Armageddon. This isn't some kind of poetic metaphor. This is a, a literal um, occurrence. It, it's it's almost yeah. <laughs> Even though he could have made a bunch of pragmatic arguments, yeah, he seems to be. He, he seems that I mean he's had plenty of opportunity to make pragmatic arguments. However, he hasn't. Everything is very proper. It's very. It's it, it's super proper. The propriety is to, huge. Right. He seems to predicate everything on that it was wasn't right or it was unfair or that it was unjust that these right. things happened to him. That is an affiliative point of view. Right. I'm not seeing pragmatic here at all. <laughs> yeah. Odd to think that people actually believe this stuff. Um, having having given a, a basic overview of, of what the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, believe, um, and I know that they're, they're also creationists by definition. We, we were just talking about. Mm. Um, but you, another thing you speak about in the book is, is is you say it may seem ridiculous that certain people um, can believe this kind of stuff, um, but when you think about it on a, a sort of in depth. Um, there are plenty of reasons why people can adopt these beliefs through folks that we have not really done Tony Hawk. Their own. Um, I don't know if you could sort of Tony expand Hawk. a bit on that. I, I think you know what I'm, what I'm getting. Yeah, at. yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Um, well, for, let, let me take for an example uh, my mother. Uh, I, I talk about her a little bit in, in my book. She's no longer. So, a reference point of an example of his mother's a TE statement. Wow. It's an SI statement. I mean, statement. that's direct as that's direct as hell, and it seemed a bit yeah. concrete. She's no longer. Alive. And and it was initiating. And it was concrete, yeah. So I think we have all the evidence we need at this point, Mr. Jab. Lloyd Evans, ladies and gentlemen, is an ESTJ. Yeah, wow. Yeah, there you go. Here we have it. <laughs> Hitler is not an INFJ. Hitler is not an INFJ. Stop telling people that, please. It's not true. He's not an INFJ. All right, so we've got a 25 donation here. He's not Matt an NF. <clears throat> Matt Karakis. Matt Karakis, Karakis, Karakis. Matt Karakis or something. Matt Karakis. He's from he's from Boston then. <laughs> uh, interview. He kind of looks like a uh, Freddie Mercury wannabe. Oh, Matt Karakis on fitness and health. Let's check this out. <clears throat> I was like 120 pounds until my junior year and uh all my friends 
Okay, apparently my uh, internet has gone full potato. I didn't play any sports in high school, but all my friends were like, like big football wrestlers, you know. Yeah. And uh, I just got kind of sick of being the small guy. Yeah. You know? Well, how do you keep? How do you keep up with it? Like, yeah, I That's see you guys. That's an statement. Like, like kind Sick of being the small guy, also talking about his friends being involved in sports. It really wasn't mostly about his experiences, about their experience. That's an SE statement. Right, and he seems to be using them as a totem to remember the bad experience. Exactly. Like, it's not the fact that he had a bad experience, it's just that he remembers it off his other people. He kind of seems a bit movement as well. I'll put that there. What tick mark for movement? Alright. I'm like when you're in tour, you're in the studio, like, how do you keep that going? Um, I just try to lift every day, you know, yeah. I, I lose weight really fast. Like mm. I, I'll go home. I'll be home for like three. Okay. Visual typing. I think I'm going to, I think INFJ. I'm going to ES... no, 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 no. I think this guy might be ESTP, but that's just a guess. Okay. He seems INFJ ish with, to me so far, but, uh, and that was a TIFE statement as well. I'm definitely yeah, thinking just... STP NFJ quadra. Yeah, months and I'll be doing really well, and then then I leave for tour, and I lose like twenty pounds. You know, on tour, like, yeah, like, on yeah, tour. Okay. A lot of it's like water weight and shit. Yeah, but like a, a lot of it is just not not eating right because you know we constantly moving. You, you gotta be, you always gotta be somewhere at a certain time. So like eating is always like McDonald's or whatever. Yeah, we I, we just had carl's jr for the first time and it was yeah. fucking awful you know <laughs> so you're just eating yeah. shit like that all the time and, yeah. it, and it sucks and so like every it, every time i come home from tour it's like i'm i'm like restarting everything i worked for it's kind of frustrating but yeah. but you gotta do it you know i'd yeah. rather i'd rather keep going than just give up yeah exactly yeah. well do you have like dietary restriction like things you can't eat or like on tour or like things you're like yo i gotta cut this out or even at home uh no not really at, yeah. at home i actually Cause I used to be a firm believer in eat whatever you want just yeah. cause I'm like, I'm naturally skinny. So I can kind of get away with eating like bullshit the all high the time. Metabolism kind of type of thing. Yeah. But then I start, uh, as I get older, I start reading more about like cholesterol and shit. And it kind of makes me, makes me nervous. Freaks you out a little bit. And, like a lot of people are dying cause of heart problems and mm. shit. So I'm like, all right, I, everything, everything I eat now is clean. And, and a I lot just of people better. are dying yeah, because I'm, of heart problems. That's an like, affiliative statement. I, it used to like eat like SE statement. F, I could also say FE as well, but cause that's like not even accurate. Like it's not even remotely accurate. Right. Do you, do you really think like, do you really like, are you seeing any informative here? I'm not. No, it's all direct. Yeah, I'm seeing direct. I, I mean, I, I definitely could see... Hopefully you got another interview. Yeah, I can find one. Um, I do see a lot of... I, I, I do Let's see keep going with the current one. I'm just saying we'll need another one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 30 pizza rolls every day, you know. <laughs> pizza rolls are badass, but I don't do it anymore. But... yeah. And I just feel better. That was you know? initiating. So it's just about living a, a little healthier lifestyle, you know. So that, and combined with exercising, I uh, I box and nice. shit, and uh, I did Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Like direct, I do this, I do that, but it does seem a bit concrete to me. Yeah. Hmm. Which is odd. Like last year, with um, I played in a band called Citizen with our bassist, mm -hmm. and like just 
that on top of eating eating well lifting weights doing all the cardio from the mixed martial Mm -hmm. arts and shit it's just like you just feel so good you know if if i'm like sitting around doing nothing all day and then for like for like a citizen set where i'm basically like yelling for an hour straight yeah uh, I'm Dexter's sure correct when he said I read it, and it's true. Definitely sounds te. I mean, did you influence maybe even like your band or surrounding people, tour managers, any any of those guys to kind of get in on it? Um, I think, um, I got into our drummer Jake of Citizen. Yeah. His head. He he works out pretty regularly now. I, he might have worked out before because he's always been in pretty good shape. But yeah. I know that he's a little more into it now. Um, Eric. Um, he's always lifted weights for me. Our guitarist Ryland, he Ryland will. That's an SCNI statement. That's two of them. Yeah, he keeps making them. Like he keeps talking about other people's experiences. Yeah. Really good habits, and he like progresses so much, and then he just quits. Yeah. And he'll quit for like a year and a half, and then he'll get back into it, and he'll make so much progress, and he just quits. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he wouldn't just keep yeah. doing it, but. Um, we've been on this tour, and uh, playing that he quits is an SE statement. I got. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, saying uh, a lot everybody. of concrete. This guy is not abstract. I think I might have been on point with the STP. Yeah, maybe. I, I'm. I don't know. Let's keep going. It might be he might be calling a transition, which is why we're gonna need like another another uh, yeah. cross I'm cross gonna... cross checked uh, <laughs> interview. I mean, as we're listening to this guy, I'm, I'm looking for another one. <laughs> and with me right now on this Anthony Green tour lifts, you know, our drummer, our drummer Lurk, Lurka, he raps. Check him out, SoundCloud, Lurka, right? Lurka, right? Yeah. That's it. He only squats. Lurka, which is right? Crazy. Verifying Both the TI. Like squatting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the average gym goer, but he squats and he squats nice, <laughs> <laughs> real nice. Our tour manager is pretty big. Yeah, Our, uh, so initiating like there. Stocky guy, my girlfriend, she's really strong. She squatted 265, awesome. which is awesome. She yeah. deadlifted 265, and she, I don't know how much she, she never benches. She only likes to squat yeah. and deadlift, but pragmatic. So I feel like it rubs off, and you know, you're just like, you're not doing too much on the road anyway. Yeah, so like, when exactly. you just have all this down downtime, and I have these like, these like interchangeable weights. Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't you use them? I think yeah. everybody just kind of yeah, thinks why like that. Why wouldn't you use an SE statement? That SE is strong. He doesn't care at all. He just likes to... He eats like shit and drinks pop all the time, and he's content with it. If that's his thing, you know, it's his thing. Yeah. Well, I noticed like on some tours like that we're on or that I see other bands on as well. Yeah, definitely initiating. Like, can you make an argument for ESFP, though? Like... Can you? Because I, I don't know, man. I'm on the edge for that one. Kind of on the edge. Definitely, like, definitely doing the SP thing. Yeah, like, I can almost make an argument for an ESFP. Yeah, definitely. I, I can make an argument for it. Okay, right. I, I mean, that's the hard thing about ESFPs and ESTPs. They're both pragmatic. Yeah, they're both pragmatic. They're both concrete. They're they're both interest based. It's the same temperament, right? right? But I don't know. Like he's not control, man. He just he's super initiating. I'm not seeing control. Yeah, but I don't see informative. I don't know, man. I kind of I, I I almost do. 
I'm on the edge of like right. being like this might guy this way I might be his starter statement because his his FETI you know like there was at least one very strong TE statement that I found so I was just like mm. we know he's an SENI user and we know he's a sensor right so if you're a sensor and you're an SENI you're automatically an ESTP or an ESFP just based off of that you know what I mean mm -hmm. so it's kind of like we're we're we got it between those two right now so okay so to differentiate them it'd be basically direct versus uh it's basically direct as formative control versus movement and movement yep. control yeah exactly yep i i i could argue that i i do see the argument for movement over control but at the same time i do also see the argument for uh direct over informative well let's pop uh let's get let's get a different uh, interview and come back to this one it just sounds so ESFP to me. And he's like, oh, I read it. That's that's what it has to be. Like, that's not... Because his FE statements that he was making were kind of seen like a little lower FE. You know what I mean? Not like a higher FE. And, right. uh, you know, he's like, hey, what are you guys doing? What do you... You know, so... I used like one reference, only one reference point statement so far. But, like, he's keeping it in the SE realm. He's not really talking yeah. about TE that much. He's not really talking about, oh, I'm such a good person, et cetera, either. Like, it's a different conversation. So let's try a different interview, see if we can extract a little bit more. Dude, so many boogers. Skip ahead. Yeah, a month and a half after, we just hit the road. And um, he the internet was on our now. side um, at the time. And it was an awesome tour. I mean, the good show was like, 60 70 people but that's t um, statement our first full talking about the amount of people that are there yeah, that's a good like show that's an fi statement here and there playing to nobody um we played uh, a few runs here and there playing to nobody that's also a t statement played, uh, and that's also kind of informative in jersey once called the meat locker okay <laughs> and uh it's, it was called the meat locker it's a t statement and an se statement I think that might have even been informative because he grinned as he said that as if there was some underlying... Right, thing. right. There's some added subtext there, right. But I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like he was like he was cognitive transitioned in like the last interview, which would make him direct because he's using his subconscious a little bit. You know what I mean? So. All right, let's keep going. We sound checked... There's nobody there. Nobody. We sound the checked room the is seat. actually empty. Um, we sound checked, um, and then the sound guy leaves. Oh my! Leaves the room. And and so we're the sound guy abandoned us. That's a SE statement. Um, mm -hmm. That was pretty funny. Uh, so we we did Informative. like. That's pretty funny. Like four or five. I'm just kind of throwing numbers out. Um, like Initially. Really bad tours like that. And then um, we four or five bad tours like that's an FI statement. And then when we we're planning that happened, traction we on the internet is a TE statement US mm -hmm. with turnover, which they were also with turnover. Um, that's a TE statement you know, coming up a little bit. And so we did that. And I think we did we that. Played, it's an SE statement. We played Pomona and there was like a hundred some people there. It was like hundred some people there. It's another TE statement. It was, crazy it was crazy. That's informative. That band, Story So Far, took us out, and then that 
skyrocketed us. Then we went on to a band called The Wonder Years. We went with these guys. We borrowed their credibility, and it skyrocketed us. That's a TE statement. Honestly, it's a crazy thing to think about. It's initiating again, and he's doing it in a movement way. Lively, and everybody seemed like. All right. Yeah, I'm calling. I'm calling it Jeb. He's an ESFP. There you go. All right. Yeah. Matt Krakus, ESFP. Nice. Even ESPs can do good in uh, bands and whatnot. What's next? Let's see. I gotta scroll up through all this chat to see who's next. Ted Bundy for fourteen ninety nine. Uh, okay. Is there like actually available audio for that? Uh, we'll soon find out. Ted Bundy interview. Okay. I don't know if this is an actor or, or some reenactment or if it's actually him. Um, 1997 rare footage. Let's just do that. Yourself. I thought it was right. I want to get involved. I want... Okay. Yeah, that's going to be too bad. I hear that. Thompson, occupation, deputy sheriff, Salt Lake County. How long? Any questions? Did your mother have any other? Can't hear anything. There was the urge to take. How's the quality of that? Can you hear that, Chase? It's good. Start it over. For the record... So that's the interviewer who just said for the record? You are guilty of killing many women and girls. Is yes. Yes, that's true. Ted, how did it happen? Take me back. What are the antecedents of the behavior that we've seen? Yes, it's true. So much grief, so much sorrow, so yep. much pain for so many people. Where did it start? How did this moment come about? That's the question of the hour and, and one that not only people much more intelligent than I have been working on for, uh, for years, but one that I've been working on for years and trying to understand it. Is there enough time to explain it all? Uh, I don't know. I think I understand it though, understand what happened to me. Seems movement. To the that I, I, I can see how certain feelings and ideas developed in me to the point where I began to act out on them. Certain very violent and very destructive feelings. Let's go. Like he's trying to understand his own thinking from an outside point of view. Exactly. TFI. He was kind of almost like abstracting. He's also abstracting uh, what he was saying there as well. Yeah, I mean. It's almost like he's disassociating his thinking and then thinking himself from the, thinking about himself from a TE standpoint from the outside. Mm -hmm. That's what I see, at least. See, Larry and TJ. First of all, let's see. 
you, as I understand it, were raised in what you consider to have been a healthy home. Absolutely. You were not physically abused. You were not sexually abused. You were not emotionally abused. No, no way. I, and that's part of the tragedy of this whole situation is because uh, I grew up in a wonderful home with two dedicated and loving parents, uh, one of uh, five brothers and sisters. A home where we as, our, as children were the focus of, of my parents' lives, where we regularly attended church, two Christian parents. We as children, the focus of life, sassy statement. No gambling, there was no physical abuse or fighting in the home. There is no I'm this, there is no that, sassy statement. Leave it to Beaver. It wasn't a perfect home. No, no, I don't know that such a home exists, but it was Very a fine, movement. solid Christian home, and nobody... Uh, I hope no one will try to take the easy way. Find solid Christian's key statement. Or otherwise accuse my, my... Yeah, I mean, it's very T in the sense that he's analyzing himself. Yeah. <laughs> from a T standpoint, which I think is actually just a sign of his psychosis. Yeah. Yeah, he's disassociating because he's a psycho, exactly. ...family of contributing to this because uh, I know, and I'm trying to tell you as honestly as I know how, what happened, and I think... This is a message I want to get across. But as a young, uh, a young boy, and I mean the boy of uh, 12, 13, certainly, uh, that I encountered. The message I'm trying to get across and, uh, seems very systematic and very in, te uh, and se. The local grocery store, or the local uh, uh, drugstore, the softcore pornography, what people call softcore. Um, but what as I think I, I explained to you last night, Dr. Dobson. What they call. What they call TE, it's all well. It's also SE as well, and he's also using the reference points of like, like are these totems of these locations and places. He's not really talking about himself and his experience there. He's talking about the shared experience of those locations, etc. No, but he's talking about the titles people apply to certain genres of pornography. Right, they that too. Soft core. What they yeah. call soft core pornography. It's a title associated with pornography, and he's talking about. What other people, what titles other people put on it. Very cheap. Right. An anecdote, as young boys do, we explored the, the back roads and sideways and byways of our neighborhood, and oftentimes people would dump the garbage and whatever they were cleaning out of their house, and from time to time we'd come across so, pornographic books of a harder nature than uh, more of uh, graphic, you might say, more explicit nature than we would encounter, let's say, in your local grocery store. And this also included such things as, let's say, detective magazines and um, more hard Those that involve violence. Yes, yes. And I, I, and this is something I think I want to emphasize, is the, 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 the most damaging uh, uh, kinds of pornography. Something I want to emphasize is an S.E. and I statement. Uh, hard, real, personal experience. The most damaging kinds of pornography are those that involve violence uh, and sexual violence. Because the wedding of those two forces, as, as I am knowing yeah. too well, brings about behavior. He's also talking about the system. He's taking a system of, you know, pornography and softcore porn and how it's slowly leading up to the murders, etc., and creating a system and blaming a system, essentially. Right. It's very systematic. While simultaneously, he keeps abstracting the situation as well. Because very like, what if it. your kid goes through the same process I went through? What if your kid right. follows the same system I did, etc.? While being movement and direct. Yeah. 
What was going on in your mind at that time? Okay, before we go any further, I think I mean, it's important to me uh, that people that people it's believe. It's important what I'm to saying. me that people Tell believe what that. I'm saying is TFI. Mm -hmm. So he is absolutely an, an SFP NTJ type for sure. And systematically speaking, if you're an SFP NTJ type, he's either ENTJ or INTJ. Right. So. Pornography, and not saying that it caused me to go out and do certain things. And I take full responsibility for whatever I've done and all the things that I've done. That's not the question here. The question and that's the an FI statement is how this kind of literature contributed and helped mold and, and shape the kinds of how's literature. Yep, that's a systematic statement. That's also an abstract statement as well. Goodness, then tell me this guy's just gonna be an INTJ. Yeah, he, he it, it looks certainly looks like it, dude. Definitely, he's an NT <laughs> for sure. The man is definitely an NT, so and uh, definitely direct. You see any control in there? Because I don't see any control. I see movement, movement, movement. So. Yeah. Yep. I could agree with that. Let's keep yep. Going. In the beginning, it fuels this kind of thought process systematic and then it, it, at a certain yep. time it's instrumental it's crystallizing it fuels it. this process of this, which is a system because there's fuel coming into a process which goes as dot, 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 while dot, being direct af uh-huh make it in, making it into something which is almost an, like a separate entity inside and that in, at that point you're at the verge or i was at the verge of acting out on this on this kind of these kinds of things. Now, I really want to understand that. You had gone about as far as you could go in your own fantasy life mm -hmm. with printed material. Very and responding. you made or printed and video or film. Film, or film magazines, yeah. what have you. Yeah. And, and then there was the urge to take that little step or big step over to a physical right. uh, event. And it happens... It, it happened in stages gradually. It doesn't necessarily, not to me at least, happen overnight. My experience with, I say, pornography generally, but with pornography that deals on a violent level with sexuality, um, is that once you become addicted to it, and I look at this as a kind of addiction, uh, like other kinds of addiction, of addiction, you keep. I would keep looking for. More potent, more yeah, explicit, more pretty graphic movement. signs of material. Like I've seen enough, Jab. Cravings. He's an INTJ. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Hi. Hi. Right. Next one looks like it's from Bite Bones, aka Almo Kennedy, O'Connor, rapper. All right. Is he a chocolate rapper or a candy rapper? Uh. I don't know how to answer that question. Ha ha. Bones reacts to magic. Let's see. What is the secret to on the spot Bones interview slash performance? Where's the interview? Here we go. Yeah, okay, how long have you been making music? I've been recording music since I was uh... Is the quality that too bad or can you hear Yeah, it's terrible. Um, 
Bones, Jimmy Kimmel. Here we go. We should be able to find something here. Nope. Bones interview. Yes, Amanda Lynn Gleason. Um Bones stars Emily Bichanel. Okay. Okay, I think that's the wrong bones. <laughs> um Damn, it's hard to find this guy. Bite, give us some uh, some stuff to uh, look at. Because I look at Bones, and then there's a TV show called Bones, and all those are coming out. Do his name. I tried. That was just as bad. All right, I'll try again. Uh, do, 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 do. Okay, let's see. I mean, we've got that terrible interview, but... We'll try again, I guess. I mean, that's the only one I can see right now. just gonna have to try and make do with it all right we'll do this i'll keep looking for more how many super chests do we got total um how many left yeah um so bones then we've got neil strauss then we got john green then we've got lloyd evans and then we've we already got did hunter. lloyd evans we're oh, done sorry, then we've got hunter. yeah we already did Hunter S. Thompson as well um, on another stream, and he gave us a different name to do. What was the different name? We'll have to uh, scroll up and find out what that is. But, folks, no more uh, Super Chats. Super Chats are closed uh, this evening. No more Super Chats, please. Okay, I think this is one. Try to implement it in us, trying to do something similar. Okay, so that's him talking right now. I'll turn it okay. up a bit more, it seems a bit quiet. That. Some like Skater Boy, you know the song? <laughs> something like that, that's like my life. Um, that's I movement. Like, I like, um, Right Away Great Captain, Dallas Green, like City in Color, fucking, uh, like old pussy MySpace music, like Say Osin, like fucking lame 13 year old kid, like thinking you're depressed. He's dead serious, too. Make sure we get a tight one of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the second that I wouldn't want to is the second that I think stopping stopping fun. I don't know. This interview format of this one's pretty bad. Um, let me try this. Well, I got one. movement at least. This is not the show. Um, 
Okay, this is terrible. Oh no, here we go. I think we got something. This is my friend. A bit loud. Oh, okay. Whispering at the end of that. But then you also have a line in Hey, sorry, I was in the shower where you say, uh, you say, uh, you know, where you say, uh, while they're worried about being on top. I just want to make sure that this is under very, very, very hot because I know that you guys rate songs hot, kind of hot, like new, very hot. I want I this under the flames burn like George Bush. Oh my god, like these interviews of him are just edited to shit and like destroyed Ricky over a minute long. Team Seth. I think that the people that write um, things online. Um, I don't really pay. I don't really look or know their names. That wasn't me. That was my friend Drip. Oh, okay. Whispering at the end of that. Who's talking? Like websites. Him. Okay. Somebody's edited this to shit and cut out all the questions, and it's basically him talking and then like transitions, and it looks it's just terrible. All right, let's try this one. Cancer. And the only interviews of him that are actually there are like terrible quality. Oh, no. Let's just go with this terrible quality one. Okay, this one's just happening in the middle of the fucking street, so. <laughs> yeah. You can hear like the traffic more than you can hear him. Alright, bye. Choose somebody else, please. Yeah. Whatever, let's just go on to the next one while we wait for her to choose. Just so we don't put her on the spot and make her pick someone she doesn't want. Right. Have we done Neil Strauss? No, we have not done Neil Strauss before. Author of the game. Neil Strauss pick up on... I'm gonna, gu I'm gonna guess INFJ or ENFP is my guess. <laughs> okay, so this is him coming out now. Get pulled. Spears' phone number, didn't you? True. True. <laughs> yes. How, how did you manage that? I was doing this interview with her and it was all those yes, no, I don't care answers that she's kind of... Informative initiating movement, NESI. Ow! <laughs> Talks kind of like I do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh man. I think this guy might be an ENFP. Oh! I wonder. Yeah. Ever met? Whether, are you whoever they are, so I just decided, started running on her. It's not up? hitting on her. It's showing you're interesting, it's, you know, being playful, teasing, and also like, uh, just being more interesting than everyone else out there. Uh -huh. And so I started. Telling her about her body language. More interesting than Kevin Movement. Federline? I don't think so. <laughs> I was doing this. I was doing that. S I N E. You, you read her. What do you say? You read her you body read, like, language? Her eye movements, her body language, say what it means about her. One of these guys in this book, this guy named Ross Jeffers. Neurologistic programming. Because one of the rules is demonstrate authority over That her. is a so T E F I statement. Gosh, that's another T E statement. Demonstrate authority over her world. T E T E. Very down. movement. Very initiating. Her, uh, mind reading, a little bit of magic. And then she said, can you shut off the tape deck? And she started just sort of gushing and loading. And at the end of the interview, uh, she said, I'd like to exchange phone numbers. And that's when I realized that 
kind of worked. Now, you know, if she's at home right now, maybe nursing the baby, she's right. going, oh, that did not happen. Oh, that did I did not. <laughs> so, so that happened. I, I read her mind and she ran. She looked in the mirror and she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just did that. Oh, really? Yeah, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Well, and so how did you mix it up with these guys? Um, I was, I, I did some awesome things. Like I was, a, I did a book on Motley Crue and, mm -hmm. and I would sit around and watch them having all the fun. I was the guy who didn't have a date in high school. And I figured for college, I decided to go to Vassar College because it's a girl's school. I figured my odds were better there. You know? <laughs> did you dress like a woman, like in Bosom Buddies? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me and Tom Hanks. Uh -huh. and, uh, and still nothing. No girlfriend, no date. Me and Tom really? Hanks, that's so F-I-T-E. I figured I was not lost. I'm going to be this rock writer, go on the road with Motley Crue, have that backstage pass around my neck where anything can happen. Right? It's a T-E salmon. That's also informative. I think that was an informative joke, though. Yeah. Definitely. He's definitely STJ NFP Quadra, and he is informationing movement. So STJ uh, NFP Quadra, just just off of what we have already, I could say ENFP, just based off of that. Just right. based off of interaction style and cognitive axes alone. Not even counting temperament whatsoever. I can already say he's an ENFP by default. Like, <laughs> my goodness. Let's, let's do a little bit more. Just do a little bit more. Yeah. All right. Oh, no action in the, the whole Motley Crue tour. You wrote a book about Jenna Jameson, right. the um, adult film star. Right. Nothing there? Nothing there. Nothing there. And so you get in with these guys, the pickup artists. Right. And they teach you. What are like, if you could give us like just a few, like the broad strokes of how this works, what are they? God, so literally. Actually, could you try it on, Jessica, would you mind? I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try it on a talk show. I didn't, I didn't learn talk show game. Oh, but, is there a different game? That's a, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh -huh. there, there's, an, there's this idea that, you know, someone's beautiful, you got to hit on them or something. But in L.A., everyone's beautiful. Everyone beautiful comes to L.A. to try and make, right? So if you're beautiful, so what? You got lucky in the gene pool, right? So if I was to ask you yeah. three things about yourself, that would make me want to get to know you better. Another three things, that's, that's T.E., yep. Um, I'm loyal. Right. Um, reliable. Right. And... <laughs> and I'm an SI user. I'm an SI user. SI, SI, SI. I'm an SI user. Love me, because I'm an SI user. Oh my gosh. I, I just need to like mentally remove the slime. Oh. Wow. But thanks for playing well. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That, was that, well, did you it, feel I, like that was effective in I, a way? I felt like that's just what um, intelligent people that, um, I don't know, that talk to me do. They don't care so much about the physical, and they do exactly. actually look for more than that. And no, so no, whether that's it's what a they guy tell you. Girl, that's <laughs> that's well, true. the smart ones yeah. that... Uh, that do go further than hi yeah you're crazy right. yeah. <laughs> um you know yeah you have to look for more than that because yeah. at the end of the day it doesn't last forever like when i told Everybody you you had a cute sold. top that was like something oh, like i thought that. you wanted to wear it oh. <laughs> like i wasn't sure with that yeah so she assumed i was gay does this work for gays <laughs> you know what some of the stuff i have a friend who reviewed it for uh a magazine and he said half the stuff at work this is the idea of negs the playful backhanded insults Oh. Those, those he said, would be very effective. And, and it's, all, it's all basic human nature. The, the idea that the one guy, a guy named Mystery, taught me something called cat <laughs> theory. Now, does he go up to the women and say, hi, my name's Mystery? He does. And that wow. worked for him? Yeah, I mean, I don't really, I haven't seen a filleted from him yet, but. Mm, I kind of, I don't know. Hmm. 
chance you... Mm, nah. I don't know. Do you think you could be an ENTP? Let's try to prove it wrong. Let's see. Let's let's try to prove ENTP. Let's do it. Well, that, was that sounds like one of Michael Jackson's friends. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the thing is, they all have to make nicknames because they're all online posting their entire sex lives and their fears and insecurities online. So you make up these names because you want to meet a girl and, and have her Google you and find out you've been up to all this stuff. Right, no. So, yeah. so this is all like internet savvy game playing. Right, because where do, this, is, this is like revenge. That's like the future of dating. Right. And these are the guys, all guys when they're frustrated, they go to the internet. And then they learn this, and then it's like you'll see a club. When they're not looking at Jenna Jameson, then they can go in these chat rooms. <laughs> right. I, 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 okay. these... But they'll go out and do it in real life. And you'll see on sunset any night, you can go down there and you'll see these guys. They're all doing this stuff called peacocking. They're all standing out. They're all using the same routines. And it's like the what guys. What is peacocking? Peacocking. <laughs> they have their so own nice. language, by the way. And I'll, yeah. I'll get a call from a guy and he'll say, Style was my name. And I'll say, Hey, I was uh, in a two set and I was trying to, to neg Abstract. the target, but I got IOIs from the obstacle. Should I have DHV'd or DLV'd? Assuming she was an SHB 11. And that'll mean something. Yeah, wow. but it means you guys are nerds. Totally. 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 I'm saying a lot of systematic jab. Yeah, yeah that's why I said Warcraft a month ago. Now they're playing Warcraft but, or whatever the game is, but in the clubs with real people. Well, and so, and so, but did, like peacocking, is this like showing off? Peacock, or? Yeah, peacocking is like the way a peacock What kind of girls does this work on? Like, what kind of girls are Britney they Britney Spears. <laughs> no, no, here's the thing. Britney Spears in an interview, but what kind of chicks are these guys pulling on yeah, Sunset right. Boulevard? Good, very good, good question, question, Jessica. Thank you. What kind of girls are <laughs> <laughs> See, it works. Right? The truth is, it works. I went kind of all over the world when I was kind of in disguise as this and did it. Every country and, and the same stuff works. Really? The same social dynamics. Here, should I give you the That's a TIFE statement. Yeah, and yeah, that, talking about social right. dynamics, so is an FE statement. You the person you're interested in hitting on her right away. Mm -hmm. You approach the whole group. You win over the group of people. Mm -hmm. You almost push her away. Where'd you go, Jeb? Mm -hmm. So you're kind of pushing her away. You're showing your friends that you're not hitting on her. And you went over her friends, and you'll slowly win her over. That's the basic idea. But they have literally have this mapped out to a T. Guys will drop out of school, they'll drop out of college. I don't recommend it. Wow. But they'll do that to learn this. That's how obsessed That's they deep. are. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's good. A lot of guys spend time work, like <laughs> learning to play blackjack or something. Right. This seems a lot more fun than blackjack. Okay. Because right, what do you want the money for anyway? Yeah. And why isn't your picture on the? Because see, if I was you, you should put your picture on the book because then guys will know. Oh well. You know, if Neil got the girls, you know, because I assume, <laughs> I mean, I, was, oh, I assume you're a Lothario, oh, you know. Two years of self-esteem down the drain, man. No, I mean, but for That's you know, an a statement. like me, I go, all right, well, if this, look at Two this Two years of self-esteem down the drain. Me with this beautiful head of hair, what kind of... <laughs> you know what actually works? The big, cheesy guy? That Thank you. Fright oh. <laughs> that frightens women, scares them off, so I can come in at least under the radar a little bit. All right. Well, very good. Well, this is, sounds like an interesting <laughs> book. It is called The Game, if you want to pick that up. Neil Strauss is the author. Ooh. Do another in interview. Let's get him on The View. Let's see how he responds to a yeah, yeah. audience. Tips on getting any woman they choose. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you're all of the tricks of the trade right here today. So please welcome the author of The Game, Neil Strauss. Neil, welcome to The View. All right, thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. Now, I don't 
even knew this existed. The secret society of pickup artists here. Actual groups of guys that go all over the world. They get together, they trade tips on how to manipulate and maneuver into a woman's pants, okay? <laughs> this is... Wow, that's an F.E. statement. That's some F.E. guilt. Yeah, that was F.E. guilt. These are guys who 70% are what you'd expect. Really, you know, computer nerds, engineers who really are 25-year-old virgins or one guy was like a Baxter. Like right? a Baxter. What is a Baxter? But a Baxter's like that. like that guy who's your best friend but has a crush on you and you have no that idea. That was me. I was the Baxter. Exactly. Yes. Really? Yeah. Okay. And, or guys, there was one guy who was 26. That was a TIFE statement. That was me. So these guys are legit. So, these, so they're not trying to. Is, you're saying the opposite. Then. Well, they're trying to come up with a the Eventually, they have to get there if you want to have a child. So yeah. eventually, everyone's going to get in someone's pants. Yeah, true. Right. Science says. Science says. But what you? I mean, you, you said before you became part of this group, you were sort of an average chump, right? Right. They, they call uh, them AFC as an average frustrated chump. Average Those frustrated are the guys chump. who just don't know what to do. They're the guys who end up being the Baxter. So what did you oh. learn that helped transform you? That's, That's oh another systematic Tell statement. the world's best pickup artist. Oh, All right. Right now, I'm the world's best boyfriend, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, like probably, that. That's her right there. <laughs> That's a TIFC statement talking about world's best boyfriend. Insecure. I still look a lot different. I was very insecure about my looks and how my nose was too big. I'm only 5'6. I'm super skinny. Um, all these things. I used to really think about plastic surgery. But I learned that I could go fully on my personality, just know what to say. How people work socially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can go out there, and if I could see how history, people work socially, pickup artists, right. and still look like this. How people work in ESO. Yep. And I can find happiness myself. But you're talking about. And I can find happiness myself, but is if I could be have the title of pickup artist, that's actually a very pragmatic point of view. I haven't really heard a single affiliate of thing this entire time, and it's just super yeah. mega systematic. I have to agree with you, Jab. I am convinced he's not an ENFP he is not this man is an NT definitely an NT he's gonna and be an ENTP because you got the he has no choice right? yep definitely. he is an ENTP definitely, definitely an ENTP thank you for uh, correcting me there I jumped the gun on that one <laughs> okay so bite chase to Joji a singer okay My artist name is Joji. I'm from and I uh, just moved here. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really weird actually. We, I had, I was growing up with, uh, I had two friends that uh, we, we always made music together. Um, and we were making songs before we knew we were making songs. Like we, we would, we'd be silly and we'd make songs about like, you know, a, a teacher or like if we were like making fun of a kid, we'd make a song about a kid, which, you know, never do that. But, you know, we, we, were, we were doing that kind of stuff. And then one day, S I think we were in like sixth grade or something. Someone steps in and is just like, wait, these are actual songs. And we're like, what? Like, what do you mean? And they're like, yeah, like, you know, like it's it's not easy to make a song. So from there, we were like, oh, we're making songs. That's cool. And we just kept kind of making songs and through that like just through fucking around we learned how to produce how to you know just train our voices um and just kind of learn from the internet 
um, what was what was popping all throughout. This seems to be interesting. The internet was starting to kick off. Yeah. Because you see the lack of system. Yeah. The lack, lack of system. system he like, didn't talk about the process like, that he followed for creating the songs itself. Yeah. It's very interest-based. Yeah, he said it just came across as, um, you know, he, by accident, you know, he was just mocking people and then, hey, somebody came along and said, this is a song. And then he's like, oh, cool, let's keep doing it. Like, like I can get something out of this, like an interest point of view. So, yeah, this is filthy, Frank. We were learning and doing all kinds of stuff. Say direct. Sometimes. Remember, guys, no more super chats. Like super chats are closed. And stuff. Depends on who I'm working with. But... I mean, unless you want to give us free money, I'm coin operated, nice and lubricated. You know. Let's keep going. Really, really, we just we're drag and drop. You know, we're obnoxiously just spewing onto the canvas. Um, definitely in this first six months, I learned in America that the people are more unpredictable, um, because everyone's more individualized here. I come from a place where, um, you know, stand in a line, you know, very control part of the, you're part he initiated of the, that idea. So he's direct initiating control. Everyone just kind of had these, had these, gosh, like, is this an ESTP, egos, you know, stabilized everyone, egos. That's a TIF statement. You know, it was all normal, not normal, but, you know, and then I came here and, and there's people constantly trying to one up each other, you know, and people, it's not bad at all. Like I'm saying it's, it's, it's great that there's this much individuality amongst people, but it was kind of like a little culture shock that one individual can, can, can while out. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Let's skip a little bit ahead because this interviewer is just talking and you can barely hear him. Well, I get I get everything creatively from the Joji stuff. The other stuff is just, uh, I mean, I do it, um, but it's more formula based, um, and it's me, not using my own sound and own voice. I mean, I am, but the Joji stuff is definitely, it's, it's the, the sounds that I, I want to hear that take a lot of effort that I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that kind of effort into uh, the other medium. You know, there's definitely more, it's a connection to, to the music Interest. that I want to make and the sounds that- I wouldn't put that effort into this, this and that. Very interest-based. That I want to hear, which are completely different from yep. the other stuff, which is more formulaic. Seems really concrete. I haven't really heard any abstract concepts at all. I think NISE as well. Yeah, I already have that down. Just stating facts. He's not really referring to reference points Just or puffing himself up like typical FI users would. Mm-hmm. So what do you think he is? N-I-S-T-T? I think he's an ESTP. I'm thinking ESTP right now. Mm. 
Yeah, I could see that. Roll uh, biological clock type shit. You know, it was like, uh, like, am I definitely pragmatic? Kind of do this, or am I am I going to move on? And that's low and I right there. Am I going to do this, or am I going to do this? What are we doing? Yeah, I, I mean, the only thing that you'd need to convince me any further that this guy was an ESTP is if he ripped out a bong and started ripping in the bong. <laughs> nice. I mean, he probably has a vape pen in his pocket. Who knows? <laughs> probably. In all creative mediums, you know. In all creative mediums, initiating. How good of, you know, content I could make in general. Mm, thank you. Mm, yeah. Thank you, Effie statement. Very control. This guy's super control. Yeah, I mean, everything was, everything was based off trial and error. Everything was based off so, trial and error. Yeah, I mean, he initiated that statement. It's initiating. So yeah, he's directly initiating control, pragmatic interest, concrete. So he's an SP, uh, in charge SP. He's got SENI, FETI. Joji is ESTP. There you folks have it. Yeah, and just to put it in context, what the interviewer said was, uh, do you think you would have worked more on Joji if Filthy Frank didn't take off? And he said, yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything was done by trial and error. Like, that's uh, interest right there. Like, he did yeah. what he would get the most out of, and he and trial yep. and error just proved that he didn't follow a system. Yep. Or wasn't relying on anyone else to do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, also, um, when you do the title, also put in Filthy Frank, because he's more so known as Filthy Frank. Right. Uh, Aiden just put in twenty four ninety nine. Stop giving us super chats. I've already said that. Stop. Are we going to do Aiden's? Because I think he's the top bidder at the moment. Uh, yeah, how many do we have left? Let me see. I think we have at least three or four. <laughs> My goodness. Okay. Um, so we've got the one from Aiden. We've got... Did we do Neil Strauss? We did Neil Strauss. Jamie Vernon. Did we do John Green? We did not. Um, we did Tim Bundy. We haven't done Hunter S. Thompson. We've done Hunter S. Thompson on another night, and he changed it right, to something what, else. What, what did we what, whatever we changed it to, and then there's Lloyd Evans. Have we done him? We did Lloyd Evans, yes. SI Demon, yes. Okay. Yeah, so we've got, what, three? Yeah. One, two, three. Okay, so let's go with Aiden's first, since she's technically the top bidder. It sucks Jamie that my widget Vernon. is not working. My goodness. Joined late, apologies for super chatting, got another with young Jamie. Growth. And when you break it down, if that's a real number, if we need 100,000 houses a year. I saw this picture, uh, this was on Reddit or the other day, a 60 square foot. Is that loud enough? I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, people. It looks, I don't know how many. This is two people living in here. It looks like at least two. Like a closet. It's Everything a tiny closet. Everything's in there. The tiny little refrigerator. Tiny little sink. 
this is crazy. I'm bunk beds. Yeah. It's just this is not few. Keeps in the city or like. I've never been to Hong Kong, so we can always play, but I think the population in Hong Kong is fucking bananas, right? There's just too many fucking people. I, uh, I don't know, man. It's just, it weirds me. Are you at? No, just too- Where's young Jamie? The brain, with-, with... Telephone. But the actual size, you can like hold it and it's about the same size as the palm Holy shit. And it shoots 4K video. It goes up to, I want to say, about four miles away from you. What? Yeah. You obviously, you're going to lose sight of it. It goes to 20, 30, 40 miles an hour or something. That's crazy. SCNI. This is a seems pretty side. concrete. Oh, and does it avo avoid things or yeah, evade things? Yeah, this one has things? obstacle avoidance. The camera's on the front four. There's them on the back or the bottom two. So they have another version, which is the Phantom 4. Uh, Pro, I believe, which is a bigger version than this. They have an Inspire, which is the way bigger version, and then they have like the full film, like that a film company would use. Got like eight big crazy props on it. Remember uh, when they filmed that movie, The Twilight Zone, and they, they didn't have drones back then? They had a helicopter, an actual real helicopter behind them doing a stunt. Do you remember that? There was a horrible accident. Oh man, it was a horrible accident where this actor and this little girl were killed. Oh wait. The helicopter came crashing yeah. down on them. Yeah, don't even show me this, dude. I don't even want to watch that shit. <laughs> Something about seeing people die for a movie, too. It's like particularly gruesome. It's like, what? How did you think that you could just... We're not getting much out of this. No. It's not... The guy's like... No, I think he... he seems super responding, you know what I mean? Like... So. I think he's uh, Joe Rogan's uh, sound guy. Yeah? So, he, so he's like a shitty version of me. Great, great. And also, Aiden, we usually do streams on Tuesday and Thursdays at 9 Eastern. So. Kurt Cobain uh, is an INFJ. Jamie steals the show. Let's see this. One. Boom, Gavin McGinnis. You are live, sir. Driver screaming at an Uber driver. Fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> Guys playing Star Wars. Oh, okay. Um, this isn't necessarily good. Aiden, you gotta give us like somebody with real audio to go through. Trump, Trump is, I guess, supporting it. He's gonna Let's see what we can get in person. Oh, delirium swag. Oh, well, that, that guy's probably Russian too. How many? This guy barely speaks. I mean, we can go back to that Joe Rogan interview. Well, not interview, In but wait, glass. he's just talking like really... with Joe Rogan. Uh, let's see what we can do. High-end, like a, you know, binocular-type glass. And then having insanely high-definition video. And then having this exponential jump in this virtual technology 
where they figure out a way to really lock you into something that is not it's not invasive to the point where it's not like fucking with your experience by you feeling it on your head it's very light you know because sometimes you're putting those bulky headsets and the goggles you know it's over your eyes like that's going to shrink up too that's going to shrink up to almost nothing and with um with all these like big jumps that they're making how far away are we from some fully immersive avatar world Gotta be getting close. It's gonna be bananas. Why do I get the feel like? Yeah, it's super strong. It sounds sounds behind the scenes. I mean, imagine if tell Joe to shut up. Gosh, they become because you know think about how these serial shows like uh, Sopranos and then ultimately you know Game of Thrones and a lot of these other great shows they they catch you and they rope you in and they bring. Bucks, 150 bucks, oh. 300 bucks, something crazy. Do it. Now you're talking. That would be awesome. That seems informative. Talking about money in that regard is TEFI. VR goggles, and it turns everything mm -hmm. into fluorescent neon greens and blues. And is this guy an ISFP? Jab, does he look like an ISFP? And then you actually watch that. Mm. You're not going to feel a sensation of walking and climbing. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, let me just get to the video right, where it shows him again. Headset attachment that makes the vibe fit on your head a little bit more comfortably. Yeah. They showed what they're calling the tracker, which is to the end of the controller. That's SENI. It kind of looks like a ISTJ. It kind of looks like a clean and neat ISTJ. Interesting. With. Mm -hmm. But one of the things they showed is uh, it were on the end of a gun. Now that's movement. Gun games they put on the end of a baseball bat, and the baseball bat then you could you could see the bat in the Vive game that you were playing or the baseball simulation you were playing, but they could pull in real Major League Baseball pitches. Actually, they could bring in that's in any statement. Five to ten years, any pitch from any pitcher you want to see, you can have now come at you and you can go ahead and try to hit it. Oh my god. And probably then put you theoretically in any park you want or wherever the hell you want to baseball bats. It's How many dudes are going to be blowing their shoulders apart? Well, swinging at the air <laughs> with this thing. Hopefully all you're not like bashing your house up too, but that's like, direct. That, that idea can be expounded on. Now, would you uh I would think that if you were going to do something like that, you would want to do it with a bat that's like the same weight as a real bat. You'd you'd probably want the extra it, they had an actual wooden baseball bat. They just screwed the thing on the bottom. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So um, do it with that. You could probably have a sword. You could probably have a bow. Oh, shit. Yeah. If you had a sword, do you know what kind of a fucking awesome workout you would get? My arms were so tired at Duncan's place just for playing his archery thing, and I'm not even pulling anything back. I'm just holding my arm up. Like, there's no, there's no actual resistance pulling the bow back, but just holding your arm straight in front of you and doing this over and over again my arms were killing me man i was like this is amazing like this actually has some physical benefit to it and the boxing game the boxing game has didn't you think he was systematic when he was describing that augmented reality app learn how a person moves and how it feels like to spar with them you see punches come at you no it could have been interesting in the sense of like what you can get out of it like being informative i don't know but he was explaining on what, what could be with it, like, but he was still saying what is. It wasn't abstracting at all. 
seemed like he's following a process. And he was following a process for the sound gear in the previous clip that you played, right? Right. This yeah. kind of seemed systematic to me. It's just, like, I don't know, he kind of seems almost ISTJ-ish. Yeah, like I said, when you asked me what he looks like, a clean ISTJ. <laughs> oh, I thought you said ESTJ. No, no, I said a clean and a neat ISTJ. Like, he kind of reminds me of Jason, to be honest. Yeah, he's really movement, for sure, and he is responding. So. Yeah. And it seems like he's going in and out of his ENFP subconscious with his ego a little bit, so that's why every now and then it's like direct versus informative. But definitely seeing that FITE approach. So. All right. You can learn how to slip punches. You can learn how to counter with things. You don't feel hitting anything. That's the only thing that's missing. You don't feel them hitting you. But at least when they hit you, you see like sparks. Uh, one of the. It's not worth bump the video, but uh, there was a haptic feedback, uh, essentially a backpack slash chest thing you put on Ooh. for VR that would give you sort of shock or feel something. Ooh. I don't know how hard it would feel. She jolt the shit out of you. I, there was another. <laughs> There's a comp that in the video I watched showing the data trackers that they were adding onto different uh, devices. They put it on a fire hose, and they also put a jacket on you that had heaters in it. Whoa. So you're, you're putting out a fire, and it's feedback of the hose. It's also getting warmer, getting hot. Like there's different. I don't, that's not really a game, as more of it is a simulation, or it is a right. training training tool for an actual fire company. Well, it's also to let you know like what's the potential. I could almost make the argument for INTJ. You reckon? Yeah, just just a little bit. Like I can almost make that argument too. So between the two, because it's like he's saying, you know, they this, they this, and you can do this, and you, you know, it's like those are SE and I statements, like. Mm -hmm. Not really sharing much of his experience with them. I'm really torn between his perception functions right now. I'm going to pick up the playback speed to 1.5 because this is going really slow. I think we can still pick it up and still hear everything they're saying. And, you know, the only one who might go a little bit fast is Joe Rogan, but who cares what he says at this point? Four. Yeah. Maybe not even, maybe two. And Josh Up Reviews, tell us what person you wanted us to go for because you paid for Hunter S. Thompson, but we already did that one in the past. So, and Neil Strauss is an no, ENTP, no, Jamie Nelson. As soon as someone comes up with a haptic feedback suit, you know, that's able to get hot and cold and vibrate and jolt and even give you a little bit of pain. Yeah, you need something. You need a little bit of pain. You a little, ah, got. fucker! You know, where you're really feeling it. Remember that, was that a, I don't know which James Bond movie it was, where they're holding on to, there's some sort of like stick they're holding on to and like the loser, it just gets more painful and like they're trying to man, man versus man contest. But there's a bunch of, it's like at a cocktail party. I don't remember that one. I, I avoided a lot of those James Bond movies. Eddie Bravo said something to me a long time ago. And it fucked me he's up. definitely he's <laughs> definitely cognitive transitioning into his subconscious repeatedly. Mm -hmm. Definitely doing it because he goes from direct responding movement and then all of a sudden he's in form initiating movement straight up. Like you could see it. He's he just he was just he was just in form initiating movement a few seconds ago, but then previously he was direct responding movement before then. Mm -hmm. okay. Jordan Belfort. So what types have? those two as subconscious ego uh i itjs itjs have informative have starter subconscious hmm i would say he seems a bit more concrete but the but he, did recall he is something definitely that, more concrete he, he is for he sure did, he did 
recall an obscure fact from a James Bond film. That is very ISTJ-ish. Yeah. I like I don't think an INTJ would care. They would not. They would not care. No. Some obscure fact from a uh, James Bond film. I mean, it's even to the point Joe Rogan didn't even remember it, and he's got, like, what, SI uh, nemesis? And he's definitely systematic. Like, Jamie Vernon is systematic. He is not interest-based. I'm just not seeing it. Have you seen any interest? I, I just can't. Well, to be honest, you haven't really given him any situation to show interest in anything. True. Seriously, we were talking about, uh, like, action movies. And he's like, the problem with these action movies is you always know who's going to live. The, the main guy's always gonna live. Like he never. Oh yeah, he's gonna hang by a fucking thread. Yeah, he's gonna make it. He's gonna live. You know he's gonna live. I'm like you motherfucker. Like I knew that. Of course I knew that. You go to see the Terminator or you go to see uh, Predator. You don't think that Arnold Schwarzenegger is gonna get killed by the alien at the end. No. You think that's actually really bad for us, isn't it? It's really bad to have the the good guy win in all of them. That's why I think like no. Shut up, Joe. It's probably important. It's important to know that sometimes the guy who you think is gonna live gets in a movie is this. Well, that's a movie. Came up. Why are we pretending? This is stupid. Going at the Donald the other day? No, I didn't, but I can't believe the Donald went at Arnold. He's the goddamn president, sir. Of course. Well, you see, compared it to his first season, you know, and then all the 15 seasons he did afterwards, they fired him from that show for talking about Mexicans. Did you know that? That's when they fired him. They fired him from that show, and he's still the executive producer. So he's talking shit about a show that he's still the executive producer of. How is he allowed to be the executive producer? How is he allowed to be the executive producer? That's TFI. I thought there were rules about that. That's TFI. Step down from a bunch of shit. Now he's president. Dude, it's gonna be weird, fucking for sure. It's gonna be weird, and he's gonna be weird during the weirdest era ever. And that's also affiliative, talking about rules. It's not pragmatic. Oh, uh, hell is gonna open up right in front. It's gonna be like a river of lava. That the actual end of the world day. <laughs> yeah, the mines were only off by four end or five years. They were off by <laughs> a little. It's also TEFI. What do they think? September twenty first, two thousand twelve. So they were off. They were off a little. Four years. Yeah, not that bad. Not that bad. Four years. That's an any statement. Ago, man, if you're fucking guessing, thousands mm-hmm. of years ago. I mean, I wonder if there really is like a cycle where uh, civilizations just they they get to a point where all the monkey shit that led them to scratch and scrape. Jab, I got it. Based on what we got, the guy's an ISTJ. Like, he really is. I mean, it would make sense. It would make sense being with an ESTP Joe Rogan as his co host. I mean, we basically did the exact same He is systematic. He is concrete. So he is an SJ, okay? And he's T I F E as an SJ, which means he's ESTJ or ISTJ, but he's so responding. Like, he's so responding. So. He's nice, TJ. There you go. There we go. ISTJ. Um, who are we doing next? Jordan Belfort was uh, Josh's reviews guy. Okay. Um, no more super chats, folks. Super chats are closed. I think we did a. I think we haven't done John Green yet, have we? No. What did you say it was? There's Jordan Belfort, and which is the Hunter S. Thompson one replacement. Funding for the interview show with Mark Bay. Wow, that's really fast. And slow that down to normal, yeah, please. Sorry. I forgot to slow it down since Joe Rogan. Uh, what did you say his name was? Jordan Belfort or something? Jo- Jordan Belfort. Jordan Belfort. Okay, I'll just put that there. Baser is provided by LifeWay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, get the plug. Yeah. So she's in high school, getting ready to think about college. And in many ways, she's a spark. Normal so speed, please. Cool kid. She's got some friends. This is normal speed. But she also has something in which she cannot Who's talking? control. 
You gotta tell me. Many of the thoughts. Okay. Interview her. her Said it full time. Yeah. Specifically, right. she thinks that she has a fatal bacterial infection, or that she's about to get one. Right. And yeah. that's her obsession. Yeah. Well, so it's, it's funny and also responding. the most tragic thing. I yep. Mean, yeah, it's funny unless um, you personally have your thoughts hijacked for months or years at a time. And then it's not so funny mm. because if you can't choose what you think about over a long period of time, that really sort of destabilizes what exactly people mean when they talk about you. Sure. Like if you're not responsible for or being able to choose your thoughts, then like, are you not possibly a passenger in this consciousness that you are stuck inside of? Which is so like, abstract. Really my goodness like, she has the name for it is oc me at least verifying yeah. tife she has yeah. the obsessions Seems which is movement. this idea that there's a fatal or at any moment fatal bacteria that could enter her oh this and is john green okay. i don't want to interrupt you but the yeah, thing no, about no, the thing about c diff okay, is okay, that so just it's it. not like it could That's at the any moment interrupt it you. couldn't at all they it's have such similar voices inside. it's cancer <laughs> and it and it, to get a different interview no, this is fine. Just help me differentiate. Well, the guy who keeps interrupting is the interviewer. <laughs> All right. Because he's like movement and initiating, so he's kind of a dick. <laughs> so, like, there's that to deal with. There is, there is. Yeah. So you're... Interviewer? Okay, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. I just... It's just like you made it out to be like, oh, she's being so irrational. And she is, like, her, her response... To the yeah, everybody has it. That she is a skin encased bacterial colony is somewhat irrational, but like on the other hand, talking like, about freedom I, of thought is pragmatic. It's Again, weird. It's weird. It's Again. weird that half of the cells inside of your body are not you. Very um, movement. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Let's just let's just let's just get it out on the table. Yeah. The book meant a lot to me, and Thanks, the reason, man. And, and I've loved all your books. Thanks, but man. I, Fe. I have OCD. I believe you. Have OCD as well. Yeah, I don't I do. yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Unless I'm on TV. And <laughs> yeah, me neither. Yeah. But one man or woman's OCD obsession is not another man or woman. So you could, you're, I get it. C. diff, a bacteria that could cause death that's in all of us. That, I am cool with that. But yeah. radon in my house. That's another story entirely. Oh, I, if you want I, to go down I'm the... I'm well aware of the radon in your house issue. Yeah. You, don't, you don't need to go into it again, because I, yeah. I know yeah. more about it than anyone other than your spouse. <laughs> Do you know more than the guy at the hotline in Kansas City who I call I mean, every few know, months? Like, the thing, one of the things about OCD is that, like, and I make fun of it too, and like, this is something we, we, we have together and that we've made fun of together for 15 the years. The whole basis of our friendship. It, it, it is sort of the whole basis of our friendship. I mean, certainly the initial point of connection was yeah. meeting somebody yeah. else who gets their thoughts hijacked for long periods of time, and, right. and, 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 and you feel less alone in that. And that's really why I wrote the book, like, was because I wanted to, I wanted to feel less alone in it, and also I wanted other people to maybe feel that way. But what is um, C. diff war? T. E. F. I. No, so I mean, T. I. F. E. Yeah. Very good, man. I can't write about mine. I'm too, uh, they're too close to me. So, you know, 
when I set out to write the novel, I knew that I was going to be writing a novel. I wanted it to be kind of like aggressively fictional. I wanted it to be very obviously not real, um, both to me and to the reader. And I. Um, Are you seeing a bit of NISC here? I've seen him say yeah, that he wants to do things this way and that way and this way. Like, I am. I am. As part of that, I knew that I couldn't, I can't write directly. I can't even, to be honest, I can't even talk directly. Like, I'm very impressed with your ability to talk about the radon thing I'm, because I I'm can't. Going, I'm going through some I can't, issues I, in my head yeah, at the moment. I, I, can't, I can't talk directly about my um, obsessive thought spirals because it feels too dangerous. It feels, um, it just, yeah, it feels dangerous. And, and it's also worth noting that radon is a real problem. Yeah, no, that's the thing. And, and one of the one of the embarrassments for me of my obsessional thinking is that, uh, you know, like in in a way, I'm trivializing real problems that real people go through, and that's something that Aza struggles with as well. C diff is also a real problem, and people who live with C diff infections. Um, you know, can have chronic health problems that are very serious and very difficult. And in a way, like her obsessive worry about this stuff feels as if she's trivializing other people's experience. That said, like when you're inside of that thought spiral, there is literally, for me at least, nothing that you can do about it. Like it is not something that you choose or that anyone would choose. One of the classic ones is I have AIDS. Right. When you don't have AIDS. Right. But AIDS is a tragedy that has killed many, 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 many people. Yeah. And yet you're not you're not trying to trivialize it. You think you do in that OCD way. Right, right. And there's a there, there's a lot of like sexual obsessions that are that are similar that um or you know, and, and it is a very one of the things that makes it a difficult thing to live with is that it's a that was initiating because he just changed his thought me, completely. I have worked really hard not to feel mm -hmm. stigmatized or embarrassed about the brain disorder that I have, but I still do. Right. I, I think this guy is actually initiating, but he's finding it. He's finding some difficulty. This guy, this other guy, is the starter. He's being forced to cognitive transition. You know, yeah, I think he's an ENTP. I, I'm honestly thinking this guy's an ENTP, but he's having to go, like, almost seem like an INFJ or ENTJ or INTJ shadow, you know, and he's coming off INFJ-ish when in reality he's ENTP-ish. You know what I'm saying? And this other guy's a starter type too. He's got two starter types trying to, like, converse with one each other in an interview and it's causing a cognitive transition, so. Right, and you can definitely see the other guy is a bit more dominant. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I still feel embarrassed about it. I still feel a little ashamed about it. And um, uh, in the end, like, I felt... Embarrassed and ashamed. That's more of an FIT statement, isn't it? It is. It is a more of an FIT statement. But sometimes uh, the language cannot be that accurate. I'm not entirely sure. But I'll put a tech mark down for it. It's not yeah. like you can't say it. I mean, I say I, it sometimes. You know, especially, like, when an INTJ shadow, so... Right. Initially, I didn't want to write this book. I wanted to. I didn't write want to write this book. He, he is so past focused. Like he's not really talking about what he's going to do. He's constantly talking about what he's done. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that could be like a pessimistic NI, like a nemesis or something. Yep. And I think one of the main reasons for that is that um, this. This was the this was the only true story that I could tell right now. If that makes any sense, like this is the this was oh the that's only an story. that's an anecdote, only true story Real that I could tell. Me. In that Real time, to me, as I a lot of the 
writing the book, I, I, I was pretty sick or, or emerging out of one of the worst periods of, uh, of it that I've had. From a writing standpoint, one of the most yeah, brilliant things about it, which I, I just can't believe you pulled it off, is that writing about a, from a character's perspective, who, who is ha the thing with OCD is you could be talking to me and having a conversation, but at the same time, you're having a totally different set of thoughts going on that are your obsessions. That would be, and there are moments in the book where that, that is going on. But overall, that would drive the reader nuts if every single page were. But somehow you, you pulled it off where it was fully believable that she has, that she suffers from what she suffers from without making it unreadable. Yeah, I mean, that was something I thought a lot about. Like, to what extent do you make this a difficult, like, physically difficult book to read? Yeah. And, like, I. I I appreciate it if somebody is willing to spend eight or ten hours with my that story, was an informative and I statement. don't want to be mean to them. Um, I don't like. I don't want. That's wanna, an FE statement. I, I want to try to. I mean, I, I, I desperately, for personal reasons and also for other reasons, I desperately want to try find some kind of form or expression uh, for. That's informative. For, for what it feels like to have the notion of former expression so undermined Designing. as if it's all built upon sand, and um, but at the same time, I wanted it all to built be upon a sand. Like That's an abstraction, and it's informative. You can have when it's about that. Well, it is. It is actually a fun book. It's fun and, a but book is there movement. something also that's you mentioned this idea also when we were so, yeah. talking about is an ENTP jab. If these thoughts aren't mine, gosh, those ENTPs are really hard for me to type sometimes. Wow. Yeah. Holy smokes. It was even harder. This was a really hard one because his interviewer is a starter type just like he was. So they're having a cognitive yeah. transition with each other just to survive the, the interview process. Jordan Belfort. Jordan Belfort. Is that the last one? I believe so. Awesome. No more Super Chats, folks. We'll be ignoring it. When a film The Wolf of Wall Street hit cinemas recently... It, well, it was, yeah. Tell me who's talking. We just said I pitched the stock to my. Uh, uh, he's being interviewed by a woman, so this should be pretty easy. Okay. To the guy hiring me, and and what they don't say is a really classic line is he, he looked at me, goes, "Wow, it's amazing." And then he goes, "Whoa, slow down, slow down." And then met anybody like you, goes, "Either one of two things are going to happen. Right, Either you end up being the biggest broker yep. in Wall Street history, or you're going to end up in jail." But that was a yep. genius. He was right on both accounts. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> By 1989, Belford was running his own investment banking firm, Stratton Oakmont, here on Long Island. It was the setting for what would become a lifestyle of extraordinary excess. Was it as excessive as we're led to believe? Yeah, it was an over-obsession of drugs, hookers. Okay, uh, this is a different guy. And even played himself in the film. He's trying to rattle and worthless stock. Using... What's the message in that? It was all about we're going to make the clients a ton of money, we're going to make a ton of money, and the firm's going to make a ton of money, everyone's going to succeed. But what wasn't one of your mottos, you know, don't hang up until the client either buys or dies? Yes. What's the message in that? That doesn't mean that the client is not going to make money if he buys. TEFI statement. And the ESI statement. The intention was always. 
someone is worth $20 million. I don't. I, I think it's a very, it's a loaded question. TFI statement. That loaded that question. That's a uh, informative. Yes, Anyone else could say yes? That's a TE statement. Mm -hmm. Well, what's, what, what seems very interest. No matter what, what, matter what their part in it, I still did things wrong. Okay. So no matter how they're part, point. I still did things wrong. S I N E. That's actually a good point about the interest because he's talked um, earlier when he was talking about um, his motivations. It was like when he tried to justify his situation, what he did, it was like, oh, win for me, win for you, win for the firm, everyone wins. Like, what's in it yep. for me? What's in it for you? Very interest. Yep. He's worth $20 million and loses 300000 That's terrible, but it's not a tragedy. If someone's worth 300000 and loses 200000 that's a nightmare. So I that's do have TFI I think completely. it's much, much worse when someone doesn't have a lot of money, loses a substantial amount of money. That's initiating it should be, it's all a movement. I believe it's all good. I believe I disagree with That's informative. You think there are that's another informative statement. And they all, start, they all started really bad. But there's really bad and then... Really bad. FI and FI again. Really bad. Horrific. Is it because you feel that they were wealthy and they could afford to lose some money? Certainly so, yeah. How do you Certainly feel so. about... Certainly so. NESI, and that's affiliative statement. Certainly so. All right. Jab, I think it's pretty obvious this guy is an ENFP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I mean... Classic ENFP. Classic. <laughs> Straight up classic. <sighs> hey, guys, I'm depraved, and I have an ISTJ shadow, so I'm going to exert exact justice upon you for being rich. You can afford it. Don't worry. Jordan <laughs> <laughs> oh, Belfort is an ENFP. That's it for tonight, Jeb? Yeah. Thanks all for coming. I think we had a good night. Awesome. Ooh. That's insane. Yeah. Um, stay tuned. We've also we've got the um, we've got our next stream coming Thursday. That will be our Q and A. Are we doing Q and A this Thursday? Actually, uh, we maybe we are doing something this Thursday. We'll have to check out the schedule for sure. It might be right. the conference or it might be a fictional typing stream. So right, right, right. Well, I have my computer fixed by then, so we should be good. Awesome. That's fantastic. All right, folks, thank you for coming. Thank you for uh, the super chats. We really appreciate it uh, very much. It keeps the lights on here at CSJ. And uh, thank you all for just being an awesome audience uh, and uh, kind of putting up with us a little bit tonight. We had a few uh, mishaps, but uh, thank you very much uh, for everything uh, in regards to that. Uh, we very much appreciate it. So don't forget uh, the season 21, episode 13, which is how to social engineer INFGs, INFJs should have dropped by now on Patreon. It will be going public tomorrow. And uh, we have yeah, a couple of additional forget. episodes as well. Don't forget the, uh, the Golden Pair INGJ ENTP video came out recently. So if you're on Patreon, be sure to check that out. Yeah, the uh, Golden Pair Romantic Compatibility episode, Season 14, Episode 7, is available for Patreon Gold members. Uh, and uh, the conference is for Ruby members. It's a uh, it's uh, something for Ruby. So anyway, thank you very much, folks, uh, and uh, glad to have you joining us this evening. So we'll see you all later. See you all later.